One time a scribe comes to Jesus and he says to him, Of all the commandments, which is the greatest of them all? Jesus said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Then in Mark's gospel, it says, there is no commandment greater than these. In Matthew's gospel, it says, from these two, all the law and the prophets hang. Which is to say this, for Jesus, the most important dimension of the will of God, the most important commandments, the deepest command and will of God for God's people is to be people who love God and love others. When the Apostle Paul was writing to the Romans, when he was writing to the Galatians, when he wrote to the Colossians, what did he say? He said that the greatest commandment of all is to love your neighbor as yourself. And when Paul writes in the middle of one of his most distressed churches at Corinth, right in the middle of a section on spiritual gifts, he just stops and clarifies everything because he wants them to understand the significance of love. Over and over in the New Testament, whether you look at Jesus, whether you look at Paul, whether you look at 1 John, the Apostle John, you discover that the most important commandment is to love. It is to love God and to love others. But this raises the question, what is love? And it is an amazing question to ask in any setting because everybody thinks they know what love is, but very few people want to define it. I just feel it. I know it when it's there, but I'm not quite sure how to define it. So I was teaching a course one time and I wanted to get into this question, how do we define love? And so I asked the students, how do you define love? And the students looked in a dictionary. I said, what kind of dictionary is this? And they said, well, this is Webster's Dictionary. It's the authoritative English dictionary. And I said, and what does it say? And basically it said a deep, deep emotional affection. I said, now, how do they define that? And they said, well, it's, it's, how the word, well, it's what the word means. I said, well, how did they know that? And, and the, finally, the students realized it's because this is the way the word is used in American English. Uh, an English-English dictionary is going to be largely the same. But it is based upon how Americans use the word love. Now, I didn't have to suggest very hard that all you have to realize is that that definition probably has some connection to Hollywood. It probably has some connection to movies and to TV shows and to what love means in those contexts, perhaps from some of their favorite love stories and novels. And I said, how would we define love if we're Christians? Don't we go to the Bible? And they said, yeah. I said, well, then we need to examine what the Bible says about love. But I said, in the Bible, who's the central player when it comes to love? And the answer was easy. That's God. So I said, first of all, before we can look at an English dictionary, before we even look at the technical lexicons of Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, Let's just look at what the Bible says about how God loves. And I came to four conclusions about what love means in the Bible. The first one is that love is a rugged commitment. If we look at how God loves, God loves first and foremost by forming a covenant. 
Now the word covenant is a religious word, and religious words you have to be skeptical of because they're so religious and so important that people don't know how to define them. So I have defined the word covenant, Hebrew word berit, Greek word diatheke. I have defined it as a rugged commitment. Love is first of all a rugged commitment. And if you watch the God of Israel and you watch the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ love in the pages of the Bible, we discover that love is a rugged commitment because the people whom God loves are altogether unfaithful and unreliable and sometimes reliable and sometimes not very reliable. So it's a rugged commitment. But furthermore, it's not just a rugged commitment. The second element of love in the Bible is that it is a, a rugged commitment of presence. God is with His people in the smoking pot in, in Genesis 15. He's with His people in the pillar of cloud and fire. He's with His people in the glory that descends upon the temple. He's with His people in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is called Emmanuel. He's with His people as He sends the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, the Advocate in, that we read about in the Gospel of John. And in the book of Revelation at the end, God will again dwell with His people. Love is a rugged commitment to be with. Third, it is a rugged commitment to be with in a way that is an advocate, that God is in our corner. He is for us. So the great covenant formula of the Old Testament is, I will be your God and you will be my people. And that means that God is in our corner. And finally, in the, in the Bible, love is not only a rugged commitment to be with and to be for, a rugged commitment of presence and advocacy, it is also a rugged commitment of transformation uh, through the presence of God that is uh, toward Christ-likeness. So God says, I am holy, you be holy. I am loving, you be holy. And this is because when we uh, are in the presence of God, God's presence becomes transformative. That when we love another person, we begin to take on their characteristics and their personality because we are absorbed by them and we absorb them and they become like us. This is what God says love is, I think, in the Bible. And that is, it is a rugged commitment on God's part to be with us, to be for us, so that we can grow in Christ-likeness. Love for us, then, is a rugged commitment to be with other people, to be for other people, and to grow together in Christ-likeness. Now here's the real kicker in the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, love your enemies. It's not just that we get to love our friends. It's not just that love is about this rugged commitment. It's that we are called to love our enemies in such a way that we bring them into the family of God so that they can help us and we can help them become Christ-like. Love is a great idea until you have enemies to love and then we realize why it was so important to Jesus to remind His disciples that the essence of spiritual formation is to love God and to love others.